Welcome to Surviving the Crazy. I'm Julia, and I'm on a quest to write a book. One story at a time, one month at a time. I'm glad you're here. You guys can come with me on this journey. Think of it as the slow rollout of the future audiobook. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun, and I was having fun. School was going great, work was great, life was uncomplicated. Where I lived and went to school in the low desert of San Bernardino County, the locals do three things for fun. They go to the river, they go to Palm Springs, or they go to Vegas. I loved Vegas. You could get a cheap room and then wander the fancy hotels and pretend to be amongst the rich and beautiful. <laughs> or maybe that was just me and my fantasy. Anyways, best of all, you could wander in public with open containers of alcohol and easily sneak in your own cheaper alcohol into the hotel pools. Great times on a budget. Husband number one and I even got married in Vegas. <laughs> they had such great deals and offered one-stop shopping for wedding venues, decorations, etc. You didn't have to do a thing except swipe your credit card. And who doesn't want to attend a destination wedding in Vegas? So one summer day, while I was at their rescue hangar, I was recounting my marriage story at the Mandalay Bay Hotel in Las Vegas to the entire air rescue crew. We were having a good laugh at it because, well, everything went wrong that day. For starters, my maid of honor wore a freaking white dress suit to my wedding. Um, doesn't everybody know that only the bride wears white to a wedding? Then, my husband-to-be fell asleep that morning at the pool after an all-night bachelor party, lost his dress shoes and his fancy pants, and had to borrow some from his best man, who was practically five sizes bigger than him. Sure, no one noticed. Ugh, it, it was just terrible. Not to mention the lobster complexion he sported after being kissed from the desert sun. I'm glad I never found out what happened at that bachelor party because I'm sure it was a story worth tales of herpes and hoes. Jesus, just like the last episode, talk about missing some red flags with husband number one. Also, for some reason, I had gained a considerable amount of weight from the time of his proposal to the wedding and my wedding band wouldn't fit when he tried to slide it on. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was so embarrassing. There isn't a word that can come close to describing the internal horror of that moment. Him standing there almost knocking me off balance while he was putting his weight into trying to push the ring onto my chubby little finger. Meanwhile, I was trying to remain upright in these ridiculous heels that I had not practiced walking in or broken in for that matter. I'm not sure what was worse, my ring that was currently objecting to this wedding or the pain in my feet while trying to remain balanced on top of those tiny toothpicks under my heels. I think the universe was speaking loud and clear that we were not meant to be married. No wonder we didn't even make it to our first wedding anniversary. Good riddance, at least it's a funny story to tell now. So later that day at their rescue hangar, sitting around, it was just me and Todd, and he mentioned that I really should have a Vegas redo, that the city is so much fun he could show me the cool spots without all the drama from husband number one. He told me how impressive the shows were and the food could be outstanding if you knew the right places, which of course he said he did. And he described all his favorite spots and they did sound so exotic and luxurious. He also went on and on about how he loved to gamble 
and that he and his grandmother would often go and gamble all through the night together. He had loved taking his grandmother to Vegas. Clearly, in his recollection, he took the house for a lot of money, every time. Yep. Sadly, though, he hadn't been back since his grandma died. Oh, I detected sadness again. Okay, dude, bring it in for some hugs. So the next day at school, I got a free text from him on my free phone asking what time I get out of class on Friday. I told him it was in the early afternoon, and he said, great, I've cleared your calendar from Air Rescue for the weekend, and we're hopping the 5.30 p.m. flight to Vegas. Oh, oh my, actually, that does sound really fun. He ended with, we'll have you back to class before Monday morning. I immediately texted my best friend, Perry. I was excited, but I didn't have anything to wear worthy of Vegas. I just had Air Rescue clothes and my professional clothes. Not to worry, she said, I will hook you up. After school, I went with her to Bob's house in Los Angeles, and she dove headfirst into her, quote, dance clothes section of her never-ending closet. Oh, wow, that place was awesome. I really could just move into her closet. She gave me some tight pants, a strapless bra, and shirts to go with them. Next was a quick tutorial on how to straighten my hair with a hot iron contraption as she packed me a little bag of makeup. I know, I'm still such a tomboy. I was them, I am now, some things just never change. This trip was also the first time I ever flew into Las Vegas. Before, I had already taken the more budget-friendly approach to transportation to Vegas. A long drive with a car full of people. Because of course, we pulled our money for gas and bought cheap beer from home. Flying was so fast, our plane barely had time to make altitude before it was time to descend. When Todd and I touched down, we took a cab to the Bellagio. Back then, it was brand new and the hottest, most luxurious place to be. It felt amazing to walk into their beautiful lobby knowing I was going to be staying there. Not just sightseeing the world's biggest Cholule glass sculpture as a passing tourist, but checking in as a guest. I made sure to stand under it for an awkwardly long time and gawk at it anyways. Hundreds of beautiful, colorful, delicate, blown glass flowers carefully suspended overhead like they were growing out of the sky. We wandered our way through the maze of the dazzling casino. I felt so cool. I soaked in every second of being there, for belonging in there. After what seemed like a mile, we finally found our way to the bank of elevators and drifted up through the floors of the impressive megastructure. When he opened the door to our suite, I truly felt like a princess. The room was shaped like a large pizza wedge. The door was placed at the tip of the triangle and a giant floor-to-ceiling curved glass wall where the crust would be. Oh wow, I had never seen anything like it. The floor-to-ceiling window made the furniture at the other end of the room look like it was suspended in the sky, hovering over the strip in Vegas. It almost seemed like a green screen backdrop of Vegas perfection. Friday evening in Vegas in the full shimmer and gleam. Upon closer look, the glass wall produced a view perched directly over and into the famous dancing fountains below. Holy shit, what a front row seat. To make this experience even cooler, the in-room surround system was programmed to a classical ballad that accompanied the choreographed water show below. I felt like a child, seeing, feeling, experiencing awe again for the first time. I was indeed very impressed. Well done, Todd. 
We changed into our Vegas clothes, and he wore a tailor suit with thin, light gray pinstripes, which I thought was cute. A little mobster looking in my mind, perfect choice for the occasion. After all, mobsters in Vegas go together like movies and popcorn. His glistening watch was beautiful and stood proudly out of his extended shirt cuffs and matching cufflinks. There was no way his perfectly tailored cuffs would fit around that mountain of metal watch that was on his hand. He looked great, like a million bucks. I was proud to be seen by his side. At first, I felt a little funny putting on the clothes that Perry gave me. I felt more like a grizzly bear putting on a Halloween costume. Were the pants and the shirt even supposed to fit like this? It looked a little confusing when it was just a pile of unorganized silk. I finally figured out how to wear the blouse, which was just one strap going from the top of my right breast across my chest and plunging below my left shoulder, wrapping around the back and hooking into the back of the other side. Kind of like a white silk handkerchief, but sideways. Now that I think of it, it was very similar to the triangle bandage one would fasten in a first aid to someone with a broken arm. But this was on boobs, not the elbow. Basically a strapless shirt. Anyways, it was weird, but oddly sexy. Yep, that thin little piece of diagonal silk and one tiny metal clasp with big responsibilities was all that was standing between my breasts and everyone else. It was the first time I had worn a strapless bra and a push-up one at that. What a pain in the ass those are. But my boobs looked amazing. At least I could feel confident about that. My almost leather pants were a lot more forgiving than they look. I slid them on with the same technique as one would put on pantyhose. Thankfully for me, I learned from a previous Vegas experience to wear sexy yet sensible shoes. There is a lot of walking in Vegas. Even though I wore the perfect height heel to make my ass pop out just so, they also had a good two inch square bottom to evenly distribute my weight. <laughs> I was ready to walk and look great, I hoped. Nonetheless, I opened the bathroom door a little sheepishly. I'd never worn a silk bandage as a blouse before. I half expected Todd to laugh hysterically or maybe be really angry at me in this getup. After all, it was far more slutty than that outfit he had picked out for me to wear to Perry's Hollywood party. I took a deep breath and I slowly opened the door. I had no idea what to expect from Todd, but there was no going back now. I didn't pack that many outfits. Luckily, I was spared for a short moment because he was standing at the wall gazing into the fountain below when I came out of the bathroom. My eyes were honed in on the back of his head and not wanting to miss a second of his first reaction to my outfit when he turned around. When I announced I was ready, he casually turned and I think he expected to find the same old Julia the tomboy, but instead I caught a flash of deep surprise in his eyes. While the rest of his face remained perfectly calm, hmm, poker face, I couldn't tell. Was it a good surprise or a bad surprise? I wasn't even sure I liked this look on me. Confident? I was not. He sauntered over to me with one hand in his pocket, as he usually has it, and I didn't move except for my rapidly increasing heart rate. He came closer, seemingly checking me out like some sort of military uniform inspection. Then in one quick move, he slid his arm around the small of my back and pulled me in for a very passionate kiss. Oh, this time I kissed him back. Hmm. 
It was really nice. It felt really good to be held like that in his embrace. His warm, firm hand on the bare skin of my back, slightly gripping it, pressing my body robustly into his, while gently caressing my lips with his. Now, that was a kiss. Without saying a word to each other after that kiss, we headed down to the casino. I was excited, not to gamble, but that kiss. OMG, why was it so good? Maybe I've just never had a passionate kiss like that before. Maybe he was just a good kisser. Or maybe I was just in an exciting place, an exciting time, and I was definitely caught up in the moment. On the casino floor, I was wondering what we were gonna play first. I knew blackjack and I knew roulette pretty well. I could get by on five card stud if that's what he chose. After all, I did have a little time to look it up and study before Vegas. I know, I'm such a nerd. I would love if Todd would teach me craps. That would be fun. The big craps table with the enthusiastic crowd cheering you on sounded like something Todd would love. Nope. Instead, we wandered through the dense forest of slot machines. Yep, slot machines. Just the two of us looking amazing while wandering through the steady stream of hover rounds and old people in street clothes. He walked slowly by some, studying. He would occasionally put his hands out like a seance or something. I really do think he was waiting for communication from the other side. Sure, I was quite confused by his slot-selecting performance, but I have to admit, I was even more confused that he wanted to play slots. All the time he was telling me how much he loved gamble, I had just assumed gambling meant card games. I have to admit, I never asked what kind of gambling he liked. I just assumed. I guess I've seen too many movies of high-power men playing high-stakes poker games while bluffing their way to a lucrative pot in the middle of the table. It soon became clear that Hollywood scenario in my imagination was not going to be taught. After we both got our 10,000 steps in for the day, he finally selected a machine. Whew! So I sat at the one next to him. Out of his pocket came a carefully folded stack of money. And when I say stack, I mean stack, at least half an inch thick. From the outside, he selected two $100 bills and fed them into the machine. Holy shit, $200 in one machine? Then I noticed this machine was in $5 increments. Every pull of the arm was flushing $5 down the tube. Wanna up your ante? Oh yeah, this machine would let you flush $20 at a time if you wanted. Shit, I only brought $100 to gamble for the entire weekend, not just the first five minutes. So needing to conserve my budget for gambling, I sat there quietly and watched him pull the lever ever so quickly, not missing a moment until the machine was ready. He quickly flushed away $200 before my feet had a moment to stop complaining. About 10 minutes later, we were up and speaking to the machines again. Good God, are we going to do this all night? Did his dear old grandma have one of those hover rounds to go with him? If so, can I get in on that action? After all, two inches or not, my feet were no match for the slot selection process. While the hover round I was trying to manifest never materialized, the cocktail waitress did and managed to save my aching feet with a strong drink. After the fourth or fifth machine, 10 minutes and at least $200 at each one, 
Todd decided it was time for food. Thank goodness this was Vegas and plenty of 24-hour locations because by now it was nearly midnight. How long are we gonna do this for? I'm exhausted. I'm not sure what time we got back to the hotel room. I was half asleep and filled with plenty of alcohol for me to not care or notice much, including whatever the hell our room number was. Thankfully, Todd was a pro at this and sent himself a text message with that information before we left downstairs. I was so tired, I could have slept in the elevator. I didn't even bother to care when the realization hit me that of course our suite had one large bed and that we would be sharing. All I cared about was getting out of these shoes and closing my eyes. The next morning, my feet woke me up with a painful reminder of the torture devices I had strapped them into the night before. I bent down to massage my more dramatic right foot and kind of let out a little snort when I realized that apparently I was too tired last night to bother with getting into my pajamas or entirely out of my clothes. <laughs> Instead, I had a strapless bra around my waist like a child's floaty and a serious wedgie from the full coverage panties I had been wearing the night before. I rolled over to peer at the floor next to the bed and caught sight of a small pile of nearly leather pants with a topping of white silk. The shoes were nowhere in sight. Perhaps I did myself a drunken favor last night and threw them in the trash. I could wear flip-flops for the rest of this weekend for sure. Then I rolled the other way and was taken a little by surprise to see Todd's face squished onto the pillow next to me, snoring away. Oh yeah, Todd. He looked kind of funny with a squishy face so close to me. After all, this guy was overly sensitive about his looks, always polished. I laid there and I just studied them for a minute. Without his animated facial expressions and or all that talking to distract me, I thought maybe if I looked hard enough, I could figure him out. He was like a mysteriously unpredictable man. But as he lay there sleeping, he kind of looked like a harmless little pug puppy. Rolls of skin smashed around his nose. Just so kissable, you know. Finally, I decided it was time to get out of bed. As slowly and as carefully as I could, I slipped off the side of the bed and tiptoed to the bathroom. I'm sure glad I woke up first. Even though I'm not a vain woman, the face staring back at me in the mirror was quite shocking. I never had so much mascara on my face before. <laughs> I look like a clown who just finished the day at the water park. <laughs> After an eternity of removing the quote, waterproof mascara, end quote, I was in for another little shocker. When I reached for my watch, it was already 4 p.m. What? Had the watch died and then restarted? This can't be right. I finished up in the bathroom and tiptoed back into the room to find my cell phone. Yep, confirmation, 4 p.m. Holy crap, what time did we get back to our room last night? Even weirder, we had dinner reservations in just two hours. I sure hope they serve eggs. <laughs> Since it was late in the afternoon, I figured opening the curtains and making some noise in the room was far more acceptable now compared to the feel I had when I snuck out of bed a few minutes ago. As soon as the dipping sun touched Todd's face, that cute little puppy turned into a grumpy old bear. I actually found it a little comical to watch his facial expressions change as he too struggled to orient himself to time and location. First, the shock of daylight. 
next to the confusion of waking in a strange bed. Even more perplexion when he made eye contact with me. <laughs> he seemed less amused than I was, but he told me to stop smiling intently. Well, I laughed, then I laughed harder, and then I realized he wasn't joking. Oh, okay. I think somebody woke up on the wrong side of the bed, Mr. Grumpy Pants. I excused myself from the room, figuring he could use some space, and went into the casino floor to see if there was any place serving coffee in the evening. Thank God it was Vegas, the 24-7 city. Of course there was a 24-7 cafe stand serving pastries and coffee. Before my coffee was even paid for, I was already getting texts from Todd. Ugh, jeez. He writes, where are you? I say, I went downstairs to get some food and coffee. He says, why did you run out of the room? Oh, internal eye roll. I did not run out of the room. I calmly left to get us some food and give you some privacy to pull yourself together. He texts back, come back now. Oh, Jesus, I am. Let's just say I wasn't in a great mood walking back to the room. God damn, I can't even leave for two seconds to be nice and get us coffee without being ordered around. I entered into the room rather coldly and set his coffee and pastry on the table next to the brooding Todd. I went to the opposite side of the glass wall and tried to calm my mind by focusing on the water fountain below. After a few minutes, he came over to me. He didn't apologize, but instead told me that his ex-wife used to just run away whenever she was angry and that he would always have to go find her. Um, okay, but I'm not your ex-wife. I'm not even your girlfriend. I wasn't angry. I don't appreciate you telling me what to do. Then he got a little louder and said, I didn't tell you what to do. I pulled my phone out and showed him his text. Come back now. He let a whiff of air. Sheesh, you're overreacting and walked away. Ugh. We stayed in the room like that, locked in silence, a silent stalemate. I was feeling nauseous again. My stomach was in turmoil. Here I am stuck with this guy for another 24 hours. I sure hated the mean Todd. He could be such a self-righteous asshole. He was either really, really nice and funny or just a total prick. There didn't seem to be a lot of in-between. The minutes ticked by until it was time for dinner. I barely touched my pastry or coffee. I was too sick to my stomach with nervousness. The silent treatment made me more uneasy than the argument. Man, I really hate confrontations. He sat there and stared out the window too. I wanted to break the silence, but I couldn't think of a single word to say. Finally, it was time to get dressed for the evening. Hopefully tonight's entertainment will take my mind off Crazy Todd and I can have a little fun. Todd wore the same suit from the evening before. This time it was a light maroon shirt below and no tie, just open enough to see his gold necklace and a hint of chest hair. Huh, fitting, I guess. This time the shirt did not have cufflinks. His watch could just barely nestle under the fabric and his right hand was adorned with two chunky gold bracelets. Very 1970s, I thought. <laughs> kind of fun though, after all, we are in Vegas. Time for me to change into another amazing outfit from Perry. Oh, I was just wishing I had brought flats. Instead, I located the reasonable torture devices from the evening before and downed three Advil. I thought that ought to help. That evening, I wore a small dress that Perry had loaned me. It was quite comfortable, and I figured I should ask her where she got it. Could be in handy to have for some other dates. 
After all, this dress felt like a nightgown, but it oozed sexy. Who doesn't want to wear their pajamas out and about and still look sexy? It was light blue satin, the exact shade of blue that matches my eyes, and the color I feel most confident in. The top was a loose scoop neck with thin straps, calling for an encore of the strapless bra, which I will remember to take off tonight. Then a little further down from the breast, the dress tucks in with like a slight little taper, just enough at the waist to give an hourglass impression of my figure without being too tight to expose my pooch. <laughs> Although the bottom of the dress hung modestly past my knees, what made it sexy, very Vegas style, was the slit up the center of my left leg that went nearly to my hip, but not on the side, front facing slit, mere inches away from my, mm-hmm, I'm sure Glad Perry suggested I pick up a matching pair of panties because I think there might be some peep shows tonight <laughs> if I move just right. Once I was dressed, hair and makeup, I was feeling better. It just takes me a while to get these uncomfortable feelings to pass. When I came out of the bathroom, Todd had a bottle of champagne open and waiting. I watched his eyes move up and down my body. He downed the glass of champagne like a tequila shot and set the other one down and walked over to me with that same look from the night before. This time, I knew what he wanted, and for some reason, I invited it. Our second kiss was very passionate and long. Not only did the kiss feel good, but it felt good to see that Todd was no longer brooding about the coffee run earlier in the day. This is the Todd I like. Dare I say, even attracted to? We enjoyed more champagne and a few more kisses before we waltzed out of the door and down to our dinner. Our restaurant was, of course, luxurious and quiet. Such an odd sensation when the other side of the glass window from our whisper-only table, the bells and alarms and utter noise emanating out of the casino was in full throttle. But we were just sitting in the restaurant and having the outside world on mute for a minute. I had to take in that mental scene. A handsome man in a quiet restaurant with what seemed like a silent moving of a bustling casino playing out on the other side of the glass. <laughs> the wine was spectacular and the food was equally fabulous. I had salmon again with risotto. Not the kind of risotto that comes out of the box, but the real kind. Made by someone slowly adding wine or broth one ladle full at a time so that the pasta pellets soak it all up and then melt it back into your mouth when you take a spoonful. Oh, such memorable risotto, which is still my gold standard risotto that I judge all other risotto textures to from this time henceforward. After dinner, we walked deeper into the bowels of the hotel. We made our way to the show. I had no idea what to expect other than Todd raved and raved about this show. It was his favorite and I was going to love it. It was Cirque du Soleil, oh. Todd was a thousand percent right. That show was amazing. I hadn't ever imagined something like that could exist. It was part circus with acrobats flying through the air, performing amazing feats of strength, part theater and part dive show, all in eye-popping costumes. How in the world did they handle all that water? Just insane. The people in the performance started to look unhuman to me. Their moves, their aura, the way they were performing just blew my mind. I thought the lights and the costume and the choreography were stunning. I don't think I blinked the entire performance. <laughs> After the show let out, we cut through the casino to a super cool bar overlooking the strip below. 
there I found my new favorite drink, a dirty martini, extra dirty, olive stuffed with blue cheese. Mm, absolutely delicious. I loved the briny taste, so different than the sweet wine I was used to. We chatted about the show while I drained two of these salty cocktails. Feeling a little woozy now, I opted for a glass of water when Todd ordered his third cocktail. A double shot of something Anejo and a splash of orange juice. We decided to go hit the slots some more. <laughs> we, I mean Todd. I watched in amusement with a hint of confusion while Todd performed his seance with the slots again. Once they found each other, I joined alongside of Todd and tried not to count how much money the machine was eating with each push of the button. After a while, I decided to wander around a bit and excused myself to the restroom. I circled the floor and I wondered who and why the creators of these machines chose the most random theme for each slot. There were Wheel of Fortune machines, Simpson machines, zombie machines, etc. Just fascinating. But no pattern to their arrangement on the casino floor. I really had wished that the designers of the casino could have made some like theme sections on the slots. Like this spot is for all the Western themed machines and over there's for the TV shows and to the right for futuristic slots, etc. But no, it was a free for all of the slot machine themes and my OCD brain was not having it. When I returned to Todd, the cocktail waitress had arrived. So I figured why not free drinks? No martinis though. You had to go to the bar for those. I settled on a beer and watched Todd push the buttons hundreds more times. Finally, his giant stack of money was starting to look a little more floppy and thin. After we finished our drinks, Todd suggested we grab some real drinks from the bar and head back to our room. Sounded good to me. I was getting bored and getting a little more shut-eye tonight would be great. The first bar we came to was a sports bar. Wow, I love sports and I had no idea you could bet on so many topics within a single sport. In fact, there was a horse race occurring somewhere on the other side of the planet every second, it seemed, and I could get in on it. I think Todd was amused by my delight, and he agreed to take a seat. Now this is something I could spend my measly gambling budget on. I quickly assessed the odds, to the best of my knowledge on statistics, and placed some bets and ordered another martini. What do you know? Three races in, and I was up a thousand dollars. Woohoo! This was fun, but I was really starting to feel that alcohol. Turns out martinis are much stronger than a glass of wine. After my second martini, I told Todd we needed to go back to the room. He ordered us some drinks for the road, <laughs> just in case, and we headed up. I was weaving a bit in those heels, trying to get down the hallway as gracefully as several martinis could manage. <laughs> I handed my drink to Todd and then took off those godforsaken shoes. There we go. With a little help from the wall, I managed to get into our room without losing my balance. It was far from a graceful performance. I poured myself onto the bed and thought, whew, that was a lot of work. Was our room always this far from the elevator? As soon as I shut my eyes, the room was spinning. So I sat back up and moved over to the corner chair. I think I needed my feet firmly on the floor. I stared at the furniture and the fountain below until everything was holding still and the room decor was where it was supposed to be, motionless. Todd turned on the TV and set the channel to the choreographed sounds at the water show. He brought me some water and started massaging my shoulders and neck. Oh, 
that felt nice. He was very attentive to me and how I was feeling. He stood behind me, caressing my hair and gently stroking my back while we watched and listened to the mesmerizing fountain. I believe we caught the last show of the evening. After it ended, the pool lights went out and the TV turned to jazz. I wondered what time they must turn off the fountain. It did feel very late again. Todd motioned me over to the bed and said he would rub my feet. Oh, heck yeah. I lay down and closed my eyes, and this time I was very pleased that the room was still firmly in its place. I remember how wonderful it felt when Todd took my sore feet in his hands, his smooth strokes just with the right amount of pressure on just the right spots. I had never had anyone rub my feet before. I hadn't even had a pedicure before. This was absolute heaven. I can't remember my feet being this sore before either. So much for sensible heels. I believe there's no such thing. <laughs> so my aching feet felt so much better. Those awful shoes were becoming a distant memory. I remember my calves feeling even better as he rubbed and massaged his way up and down my legs. A little further each time. Everything felt so gentle, so sensual. I remember falling asleep feeling absolutely amazing, just drifting into the most comfortable cloud full of pleasure. My body relaxed further as it invited Todd's magical hands to massage more and more. I had the best night's sleep of my life. I'm pretty sure I became one with the bed. The next morning, my brain woke before my eyes open. In a bit of a Groundhog Day moment, I lay there trying to sense my body. Where was I again? Oh yeah, in Vegas, with Todd. I peeked open my eyes again to find Todd's smashed puppy dog face quietly snoring away peacefully next to me. Yep, just like the day before. Harmless, comical, and still strangely kissable. I was pleased that I had remembered to take off that strapless bra this time, and also apparently my underwear. Yikes! It was completely naked and so close to Todd. Oh my, what do I remember about last night? Okay, think. I remember Todd giving me the most amazing full body massage I could ever imagine. I remember him kissing me, kissing me all over. I remember feeling amazing, my mind and body separating. My exhausted shell melted into the bed, sinking deeper and deeper into the mattress. Then my mind floated up like a rainbow unicorn floaty, swimming in a warm glitter bath. I remember not wanting Todd to stop touching me. I wish I could take a permanent residence in this state of pleasure. Wait. Did we have sex? I don't remember. I lowered my hand down between my legs to see if I could tell. I wasn't sore like I usually was after sex with husband number one, so that's a good sign. Ugh. Let's kick those memories out of this scene real fast. Super buzzkill. Sex with husband number one was like eating dry toast. Not necessarily a bad thing, but not anything to look forward to. Certainly wasn't making the James Beard list of sexcapades. <laughs> it wasn't a size thing either. Now that I'm older and wiser and much more experienced in this topic, it was definitely a technique. And I know that's a two-way street. 
but right here and then in this luxurious Bellagio suite, I couldn't really tell much more about the status of sex or not. I couldn't remember much past the kissing. Everything seemed in order downstairs. I lay there a little longer, again, looking over to stare into the sleeping smashed face of Todd, trying to figure him out, trying to will last night's events into memory. As if on cue, he opened the top of his eyes and smiled. He rolled over and said, Wow, last night was amazing. You were amazing. Oh, you mean, so we did have sex? Oh no, I thought. Ah, uh, was I passed out or just too drunk to remember? I knew he could sense the perplexion. I was a little embarrassed to tell him that I didn't remember. It didn't occur to me that he should be the one to be embarrassed that he didn't remember. That's a whole tricky topic in itself. Drunk sex and consent? Well, a topic that of course we both just ignored. Still, staring at him silently, he rolled closer to me and placed his hand under the sheets to find my back. Then gliding down and around my hips with a gentle nudge to silently say, roll under your back, and my hips complied. I didn't say anything. No alarm bells were going off in my head. In fact, I remember being strangely mentally blank, maybe even a little anticipatory. What was he gonna do? What should I let him do? It did feel really nice to be touched, to be caressed. His wandering hand over my bare skin was somehow quenching a sensory thirst I didn't know even existed. Again, I relaxed into pleasure. He used several fingers to navigate my spaces. He crushed his thumb between my lovely lips and wet his others with my eager vagina. He smiled and whispered, let me remind you about last night. There was wisdom in his fingers. Oh wow, that did feel good. Husband number one certainly didn't have that touch. Nope. In fact, husband number one never touched me or made love to me for my enjoyment. With him, it was just straight to the pole driving penetration. And I didn't know any different because husband number one was my first and only experience with sex until just right then. Todd had just opened my world to sex and pleasure and that was more intoxicating than anything the bartender had to offer. I laid my head back and opened my body to him. He continued with his fingers for some very pleasurable minutes, then moved to kissing my clitoris after that. Once again, I sank into the bed, my body drifting one way while my mind went to find that warm bath of glitter again. Oh yeah, I do remember this feeling from last night ecstasy. Eventually, he rolled on top of me and slid his very erect penis inside my very wet and swollen vagina. I had never been made love to my fulfillment before. Every move, every touch, every kiss of his mouth was for my pleasure. If I had thought that that show that with the acrobats last night was mind-blowing, that experience right there in the bed, whew, It'd be like a paper airplane trying to fly next to a rocket ship that my body was currently clinging to. Todd, quote, reminded me about the previous night a couple times for the next several glorious hours. We only stopped when our hunger pains outweighed our lust for each other. Who knew sex could be like that? 
oh, just intoxicating, wonderful, addicting. I was wishing we had more time, but our plane was set to leave in a couple hours. As we sat at the loud cafe below, I was awkwardly silent. What am I going to do about Todd? What are we going to do? What does this mean, if anything? Todd broke through my thoughts and suggested we could get another round in while we packed our bags. (laughs) Suddenly, without any mental permission, my body was already wet without thought. We barely made it out of the elevator clothed, and this time there was no foreplay. He had me straight onto the bed and was inside me before I could register the fact that all these times we hadn't been using condoms. Oh shit. Ah, what can you do now without finish enjoying the ride? We barely managed to pack our bags to get to the airport on time. Of course, my mind was swirling with implications of sex with Todd. What next? Are we a couple now? As we boarded the airplane, I thought it was odd that Todd barely said two words to me inside the taxi ride. Now we're on our third trip together, and I sense this as a pattern. A man a few words when the good times are coming to an end. So, I figured, what happens in Vegas, stays in Vegas. The next day at school, I couldn't stop thinking about sex with Todd. Why did he have to be so fucking good at it? I found myself scheming for more. I texted Todd at lunch, and again at the bathroom break, and once more as soon as my classes got out for the day. Radio silence from Todd. Hmm, that's odd. After school, I went to the usual cafe to study, and again texted Todd several times. I tried to be clever and funny, and maybe that would get a response, but nope. By dinner time, I was heading home. Maybe I could get a few more hours of studying in tonight from home. I was having a hard time concentrating, though. Every time I thought of Todd and our weekend, my southern regions would gush with excitement. (laughs) While that was fun and it felt good, it did make it difficult to concentrate. I wonder why he wasn't texting back. By late evening, I was getting tired and I'd given up on Todd. I was just about to crawl into bed when I could hear my phone vibrating on the countertop. When I flipped it open and heard his voice, my heart did a little flip inside. Huh, that emotional response was new. It was nice to hear his voice. He sounded slow. He said he was in meetings all day and was just tired from the weekend too. Yeah, it was a super fun weekend. Um, when can I see you again? I asked. He hesitated for a while before he gave a very vague answer. He said he had a super busy week and that he could probably come to their rescue hangar on Saturday. Maybe we could grab drinks after if he had time. Huh, I had to admit, I was pretty hurt by that. He didn't want to see me? After quite literally stalking me for the past several months, he was over it? Checked off that box, huh? Maybe sex with me wasn't quite the same monumental orgasmic epiphany that I had experienced with him. Maybe I was just the next girl, just an ordinary sex with yet another woman. He sought me out, got what he wanted, and put me right back in the friend zone. Well, okay then, I thought. Thanks for the good times in Vegas. I will try to forget all about them. I went to bed with tears in my heart and eyes.